The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. Friday's here. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Still in Estes Park, getting ready for the battle in Boulder. Chris Schmidt, Will Wilson, Elijah Herbal is en route. Elijah checked in with us, I believe, from the only payphone across the Colorado-Nebraska borderline. I'm kidding. His sales service was still marvelous so elijah in route we're hoping to have him for hour two and uh we'll uh, lock in gonna be a good day to talk nebraska colorado you can join dial us up if you feel like here at hail varsity radio 489-1240 489-1240 number to get in you can also uh, find us on the stream the hail varsity youtube channel right there for you to watch the show the hail varsity radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio and can always email the show Chris at HaleVarsity.com. 800-825-5865 if you're making your way from Nebraska to Colorado. Going to be a lot of red in Boulder tomorrow. A ton of folks here in Estes Park uh, enjoying the uh, well the, the scenery and just the, the climate up here. The Battle in Boulder event follows tonight. Tommy Fra- Frazier, Adam Carricker, and uh, Bill and Jesse Cush, among many uh, Husker greats that'll be here. I, I had the pleasure of, of hanging out with, uh, he is known to Husker Nation as Husker Chad. And not only did he run me to the drugstore, not that kind of drugstore, the Schmidt sinuses are on fire, we need more pills drugstore. Uh, and, and he's just an incredible Nebraska fan, made his trip all the way from Kansas City. And, and he's bouncing around here. We're just outside the, uh, the, uh, the, the area here, the banquet region. And it's pretty cool. We're at the Ridgeline Hotel. And this thing's sold out, Will. There's all sorts of Husker memorabilia for folks. Uh, there's going to be, pun intended, prime rib for, for dinner tonight. Some mm-hmm. salmon as well, if you don't feel like uh, the red meat side of things. Tommy Frazier may be by uh, between now and six, but he's here tonight for the event uh, along with Adam Carricker. So it should be pretty awesome. How are you feeling, Will? You're a, you're a guy that checks in on Nebraska. You're a guy who is around the fan base, not only with the morning hookup, but also uh, a, a certain demo that, listen, you're not far removed from university status, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, you uh, have been able to mingle with uh, a lot of the college students uh, what's the buzz with the college students? And, and I think there's, uh, there's, there's kind of two sides of the coin with uh, this ball game tomorrow. You know, when we, when we do the old temperature check, how you feeling? Uh, is there fear or is there kind of nervous excitement? Is there confidence? I mean, there's a lot of choices here, multiple choice options for how Nebraska fans are feeling. So I'm anxious to hear how, uh, how that is. Elijah does chime in. My sources are saying that Elijah would have been there sooner if he didn't have an unexpected delay in the Burger King bathroom in North. Yikes. He 
busy in a room, a la Humpty Hump, or the song, or or he just had one too many whoppers. Uh, there you go, Elijah. Bless your soul. So, Eli- you know, Elijah's making his way here. Will, how are you feeling about tomorrow? S- scared? Confident? Or just unsure? You know, it's it's more unsure, Smitty. And the reason for that is I just don't trust a Nebraska team going to Boulder. I, I think we could play a good game, but the one thing that's sticking me up, Smitty, is I think we're going to get screwed somehow. It feels like a setup. <laughs> so you think you think it's you you think it's a left tackle that leaves seven minutes too early, uh, like Minneapolis, or if you play right tackle for the Chiefs? Exactly right. Yes. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you think the ho- think there's there's a a high potential for a for a hose jobbery? I do, big time. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't I don't let it come down to that. Right, and and we'll have our predictions in a little bit. But I'm very anxious to see where Nebraska is from a from an improvement standpoint. Right, you know where Nebraska needs to go to to, to handle this football game. You know what some advantages Nebraska has, uh, just trying to to apply from game one to game two, and we'll get through some of those, but. A lot of this to me is about product placement. It was unveiled to me when I was a teenager and I went to Wayne's World. And they did that little scene in Wayne's World where uh, Garth is is pimping Reebok or Wayne is talking about Newprint. I mean, and then you see it now all the time with different sponsors and, and coaches, I mean, you do not see Nick Saban at the podium without a can of Coca-Cola. Hmm. Yep. You, you you used to not see Nebraska coaches when they switched from Coke to Pepsi without that Mountain Dew or Pepsi next to the podium. Yeah. Okay? So the, the product placement, and that's what's on display tomorrow as much as anything. Uh, Colorado's product that's been a major wave bump because of an upset win against TCU and the Coach Prime persona, all he is is as crazy fun in reality TV as he is. He's a darn good football coach. And then you know what type of product is Nebraska set to unveil uh, with probably their largest audience possibly of the season, but in a long time, eight million viewers checked in on Colorado and Coach Prime. Uh, they didn't win the ratings battle, but they were right there. They were absolutely right there. Florida State LSU did a monster number. But Nebraska's got that type of product placement. What is Nebraska football? What is Nebraska football game two under Matt Rule? It's that tortoise versus the hare when it comes to philosophy on flipping and building a roster and culture. The the 87 new players that Colorado has, the 60-some that Nebraska has, but how quick can your flip be? And Nebraska and, and Rule's approach is going to be methodical, which is fine. You can still both get to the finish line. The money coming in, betting is insane. You have more money coming in on Nebraska and Colorado bet-wise than what's going on NFL-wise. Right now, ESPN.com article. You have more money right now as a, well, why not? Let's put juniors 
college fun on the buffs to go take care of it a hundred to one. That's the that's the the shot right now for Colorado to win a national championships a hundred to one. Huh. Well, uh, th- there's more money on the buffs right now to do this than on Ohio State or Georgia. Hmm. People are in love with Colorado. That can be that can be dangerous for Nebraska. But the product placement, what's at hand? Th- this is the biggest game for Nebraska since when? Now think about think about that for a moment. And and I go back from a national stage. We just talked eyeballs. It's going to do a monster number. It's taken the shine away from from Bama, Texas. Mm-hmm. There's that much intrigue, not necessarily about Nebraska, but about Colorado and Prime. And you know, Nebraska's had to relegate themselves to spoiler last year against Iowa, spoiler 2015 against Michigan State. This would be just, a, if you're a Nebraska fan and you hate Colorado, a tasty way whew, to um, to absolutely spoil and bring Colorado back to earth in a way that, well, it hasn't happened. Nebraska had a moment when it came to the Nebraska-Colorado series that brought Colorado back to earth. And if you talk to some of the guys from those early 90s teams, it was that 1992 game on Halloween. 52 to 7. Nebraska absolutely annihilated Colorado on Halloween. It's Bill Dolman's favorite game ever. It's a lot of Nebraska fans' favorite game ever. I don't know where the goalpost is, but legend has it it's either in Holmes Lake or still somewhere on O Street. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get to go to that one. I was in eighth grade. But that, that moment in 92 was Nebraska reclaiming the Big Eight. Right. Prior to that, it had been a tie in Boulder. In 1990, you you got 27 hung up on you in the fourth quarter. Colorado went on to win a national championship or split one. And and then they they took you down in 89 to win uh, the Big 8 and go play for a national championship. They got beat by Notre Dame. So 92 was a big moment within the the life of the Big 8. Who's in control? Is it still Colorado? Does Nebraska wrestle it back? Nebraska did. And uh, the rest is history. You you go win three championships in four years. Uh, But right now for Nebraska, the the, the stage is is very bright for the Big Red. And it's it's really not – it's being included on the stage, right? It's not um, the focal point. But the biggest game since dot, 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 uh, from a national stage standpoint and a chance to make an impression – it is – I got to go back to the 2016 undefeated matchup between Nebraska and Wisconsin. I had that on my list. Over, overtime game, mm-hmm. great effort by Nebraska. They just didn't get it done. You were still in the top ten a week later, and uh, Ohio State dropped a nuke on you 62-3. to yeah. But there's been, there's been moments – for Nebraska, you think the Big 12 championship in 09. You think the, the national championship moments or national championship games, the Orange Bowl against Miami, Nebraska versus Florida. This is a regular season game, game two of one college football season. But numbers-wise and eyeballs and interest and curiosity factor, it isn't about – I mean, there's a little bit of it about Nebraska – the curiosity fast factor is absolutely about Nebraska, about Colorado, 
and you know if if the buffs can can do it again we're here in estes park the battle and boulder event coloradoans for nebraska uh with gary michaels and big red of the rockies we're here uh second road trip in a row big thanks to our friends at Sauter Heyman and lazari's for helping power the road trip as uh, jacob padilla gonna join us here shortly brady oltman's in the green room hanging out he's wearing a little hawaiian gear i think he uh he might be yeah, he's, he's shrugging his shoulders. We'll bring Brady in in a little bit. Uh, we have an APB ad for Tommy Frazier. That may or may not happen. Uh, he is uh, in the uh, the building, as as they would say. So this will also be pretty monumental for, for Nebraska. What, what, what can't happen, and I don't think it will, I don't think Nebraska gets boat raced tomorrow. I think Nebraska puts a good effort together. Uh, is that effort good enough to – to get a win, uh, the the reality is is that the world is going to be watching. How do you respond? How do you respond to the pressure? How does Colorado respond to the pressure? We've talked about it a lot this week, but it's not just the 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 eyeballs, the cameras, the big noon. It's also your head coach. And and Coach Prime's never met a camera or a microphone he don't like. He's he's awesome uh, on on camera on 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 a microphone but he has already kind of delivered on on all those promises throughout his career he's been always boisterous he's been cocky but he's been elite he's been incredible and he's been the best player in college football at at cornerback he's been a NFL Hall of Famer he's a college football Hall of Famer he's a a guy that's flipped programs and won uh, you know Jackson State, and and now he's early, early wise. He's looking good at Colorado. He's he's delivered, and and he's not bashful about it. But he ain't the other 120 kids. Every time he talks, that's more pressure on his team. And are they all ready for that? Are they all set to go? Uh, Brennan chimes in. As we'll get to some of your comments here in the stream. Will, how do you feel about being called? Bill Bilson. Yeah, I'm not about it. <clears throat> I've always said to myself, Schmitty, I'm never going to go to Bill. Never doing it. Uh, you, really? Yeah, it's just... The, Why not? Well, because then that's me pretty much saying, it's me admitting that I'm old. You're you're anything but. Well, thanks. Uh, no, you, you, you're, not, I mean, you're not like, you know... You know, you're uh, I wish we could rewind. I wish I could be 25 again. <laughs> that would be incredible. That would be incredible. Uh, Elijah is God. I'm glad he's not driving and talking here. He's driving and in, in, in voice texting, allegedly. Uh, Vegas stands to lose a lot of t- money tomorrow if the buffs cover. Maybe that means the refs will be on Nebraska's side for once. Uh, that's interesting. That's well thought out. Who knew? But, yeah, biggest game since when for Nebraska. Uh, I have to go back to that Wisconsin game in, in 2016. But also on a national stage, right out around the world. Remember that Butte where a vulnerable Texas came in? Nebraska was undefeated. Texas got out of Lincoln with a win, 20-13. to 13. Now, the opportunities there for Nebraska, we'll get into how that can be a reality for Nebraska. And, uh, you know, is is CU a, a one-hit wonder? Or are they 
Well, are they the Jackson Five? <laughs> are they the Beatles? Are they Taylor Swift? I time will tell with it. We'll be at the Blur tailgate tomorrow morning for the weekend edition, uh, six to eight Mountain Time, and then Real Red Reaction follows. Hail Varsity on the road here in Estes Park, and we're presented by Currency. Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hail Varsity Radio on the road here in Estes Park. Big Red of the Rockies, Gary Michaels event. The battle in Boulder tomorrow as uh, Nebraska, Colorado gets set to go. Uh, we'll effort Jacob Padilla. He's on his way home. He's en route. Brady Oltman's with us. Said Brady Oltman's on Twitter. So is this Hawaiian you're rocking? Give me a little. Update on the shirt. I know you got a haircut if you're watching in the stream, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Yeah, like Thomas Pinchon once said, change your hair, change your life. Um, no, I'm, I'm rocking a uh, Omaha Owls, proud Owls uh, soccer jersey. Okay. It's got the, uh, the nice little mosaic multicolored shoulders going on here. No, I like it. That is, that is good. Uh, Big Red uh, Junkies are... Uh, podcast friends says CU reminds me of the scene in Dottie Brasco. Great movie, wonderful reference. The Fugazi. <laughs> hey, wise guy never pays for a drink. Whose Porsche is it now? It's Lefty's. It's Lefty's Porsche. Remember the scene with the uh, the Coach Prime documentary where Prime's Lamborghini is trying to get up the hill in Boulder during the snowstorm oh, yeah. during the ice. Uh, could the offense run into that tomorrow, Brady? Um, You know, it's really interesting uh, because I think of what college football has told us recently is you never really know to trust the same thing two weeks in a row. Um, It was very clear. And I had people who don't watch college football, but are, um, they are in college football circles, but they don't tend to watch it a lot who since last Saturday asked me, Oh, who's this OC? And I think this was Sean Lewis's coming out party. And there's a reason why he's at Colorado now is because he finished second for a lot of jobs when he was the head coach at Kent state. Uh, they, he didn't particularly have a sterling resume at Kent state, but the wins that he milked out of that program are about as good as anybody's going to get. Um, and it became abundantly clear that he game plan that TCU game quite a bit. I mean, they were prepared. And he had that opening drive scripted for months. I don't know if he's necessarily got the everything scripted for Nebraska in the same way. And now Nebraska has film on Colorado in a way that, you know, TCU didn't really have, especially with so many departing guys. But when you've got four stars and five former five-star guys all over your offense, that's certainly going to help your, your, uh, your functionality on that side of the ball. But I tell you what, I, it's, it's certainly exciting because it's a it's a different challenge for the T or for the um, Colorado offense, I should say, in what Nebraska's defense is, is going to try to do tomorrow. It is, and that's that's what's fascinating tomorrow is is the contrast in styles, the the ground and pound, the ball control, uh, the big 
Ten versus the Big 12, Brady. Yeah, well, and I didn't necessarily think Kendall Bryles called that great of a game for TCU. <laughs> uh, when, when you've got a for, – for all that Colorado has, and they certainly have a lot of talent, especially Travis Hunter on both sides of the ball being one of them, they didn't run it right at Colorado in a way that Nebraska is certainly going to try to do. And if, if Colorado does have a glaring weakness, it's with their I – don't, I don't know what you call how they've built their roster other than just a grab bag out of the portal, was they're, they're thin on the lines. And you've, in order for Nebraska to be successful tomorrow, and I do think that they have a chance to be successful, they're going to have to do the, 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 the blueprint to success, which is make the defense, cause havoc, cause some turnovers, and when they're on offense, just bleed that clock. Just run it and run it and make the smart choices and keep, uh, keep the football in their hands. And if they have to give it up, give it with a long field for the opposing team. And, I mean, looking at that, looking at that front seven for Colorado, they're interesting, but it's, uh, I don't know, the, the beef in Nebraska's offensive line certainly looked good at times against Minnesota. You'd, you'd like them to improve, but uh, they looked good enough to win the game. We'll put it that way. You know, I think Nebraska. I want to get into to this the the left side of the offensive line. Brady Oltman's with us, and Jacob Bedilla is going to join us in about ten minutes. That left side of the line now. Big Teddy is ready, which is good for Nebraska. Uh, Turner's played a lot of football. Didn't have a a great game last week. He had a week to practice and get better. Uh, Piper had uh, you know a, a misstep. He wanted back, but. If I'm Colorado, I, I look at where the, the, the weaknesses are for Nebraska, and that's lines of scrimmage, specifically on the offensive line. The, the run game was fine, but I'm saying in pass protection, uh, you couple that with a uh, quarterback in Sims that is being questioned about his decision-making from last Thursday, let alone his history uh, when it comes to turning the football over. And then, you know, what's his ability to make reads? Let's flip it around to the Colorado defense and ask that question, are they going to bring some exotics? Can that Colorado back seven uh, make more plays than, than the, the Nebraska receiving core and passing game? They're going to force Sims's hand. That's obvious. Yeah, well, it's a super interesting question, especially considering I don't think the TCU game really proved a lot about Colorado's back end. You know, other than Travis Hunter, you know, TCU, granted, they played in the in the national championship last year, but they had such little returning offensive production. Uh, their workhorse of a quarterback who just slumpingly willed them to many a wins, the same team that had to kick a no-huddle field goal to win a game last year to stay undefeated and had pretty much 10 starters leave, not returning this year. I just don't know what – and that, that offense was still able to put up 40 points on Colorado. Um, I'm just not entirely sold on the, the defensive prowess. Now, again, they have the playmakers to make turnovers. Travis Hunter had that a ridiculous interception uh, as TCU was looking to score, I think, early on in that game. And that's the danger, especially when you have uh, Sims who showed his kind of penchant to just stare down receivers and not read the defense super well. When you have talented defensive backs like that, that's going to be a worry. But I, I do think with the the concentration of wanting to get Billy Kemp involved in the offense, 
they're going to have to do something a little bit different because that receiver group is going to look a little bit different. They're going to have to rely on those younger guys a little bit earlier than I think they assumed or thought they would, which again goes back to it, it helps if you can run the ball and just establish the run and look dynamic that way. That will help out whatever Jeff Sims wants to do. That's his greatest friend is if Gabe Irvin and Anthony Grant and Ramir Johnson can continue to run the ball at a decent clip uh, because then if Colorado's given up five yards of carry, you don't really have to worry about uh, how far Jeff Sims can throw the ball at the end of the day. You'd, you'd think not. You just don't know if Nebraska's offensive line is to the level of dominance that they can run against a stacked box. Now, the, the yeah. one-two punch of, of quarterback and, and running back run game will be good. The zone read part of Sims's game, I'm excited about. I think the play action aspect uh, is is going to be key. I mean, Nebraska is going to have to. What's the over under on number of a, a deep balls Nebraska is going to have to hit tomorrow? Well, I think they're going to have to at least air it out three three or four times just to keep the defense on. Hit a couple of them, right? And to at least look menacing, at least look to where you have to keep it honest. And then that opens it up to where I think the Nebraska offense could really thrive is in the tight end game. Get the tight ends more involved on the under, hit those big guys who might have a physical mismatch within that Colorado defense. To Again, it doesn't have to be on a seam route for 15, 20 yards, but even just a good, you know, eight yard clip, 12 yard clip. And then you kind of you know, mix and match and you're, you're gashing the defense and putting together a 12 yard or 12 play drives. That's going to, especially, I think Travis Hunter is, I mean, he's going to get the snaps. He's been a two-way player a lot of his life. And I do think some of the play of it being at altitude is a little overdone because he practices at altitude. But if you're asking any guy to play in Boulder 90 snaps, that's that's tough. And especially if you're given it, if he's going to have to tackle big dudes like Thomas Fedoni and Nate Borkature, that's a big ask, man. And then to ask him to go over and catch a touchdown pass on the next drive. That's that's a big ask. I mean, he's a great athlete, but if you're if you're in Nebraska, you like your chances putting him in that position. We're talking to Brady Oltman's Brady. I'm curious. What do you think of uh, Ty Robinson being out of the first half? How do you think that's going to affect things? Do you think we'll be OK? Well, I think it helps in the sense that they want to they want to build depth, right? And that's something that they'd worked on in the spring and across the, the summer is wanting to build depth on that defensive front. They're they're going to need Elijah Judy to look a little bit better. Uh, they're going to need Cam Lenhart to perform a little bit better and stronger in the middle. And then what was it? Matt Rule said that uh, he told Ty, "Hey, look, when you get back in there, you're going to be in for every snap in the second half. Like we're going to count on you." <laughs> uh, and I. I know Ty, I think he's going to come back in with a little bit more snarl, you know, because I think on one, it's an understandable call, I suppose, but it's one of those where, you know, if this is five years ago, I don't, I think he's playing the whole game. I don't think the referees make that call five, you know, five years ago. That's just how the game's changed. But anytime that you can build depth and show the opponent that you can build depth like that, it certainly helps, but it also kind of gives a, a little different look. And for a guy to watch the game, watch the game from the sidelines and watch the offense from that perspective and have an entire half with that, I do think that that kind of gives him a little bit of the uh, the game planning mentality to watch it from the sidelines and to kind of analyze and get his idea of what he wants to do on the field. 
I do think that that kind of, it helps out Ty plan his attack ahead of time. And I, I think it could be helpful in that sense. Okay. The betting public has gone wild for Colorado. Uh, you are hypothetically going to meander your way down to Highway 77 in South Lincoln. Where are you going, Brady? <laughs> <laughs> I, it's the line is deceptive. I think um, <laughs> that's, that's that's the word. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think it was um, I think it was our buddy Mitch Sherman who was talking about this earlier. Um, it's just odd, you know, like everybody's eyes are on Colorado because that gets all the headlines. And then you're putting a, a really enticing line out there to entice bets to, to get money on the game. And college football is just that weird beast, man. You never know what you're going to get week to week. It just is what it is. And I I mean, it's tight enough to where you feel good about Colorado, but then Nebraska, what's everything about Nebraska has shown it's going to be a three point game or less, you know, like nobody gets forever until the end, until the end of time, it's going to be a one score game. Yeah. The sun's going to burn out and Nebraska is going to lose by two. Um, That's, that's how it's going to be. So I don't know. I'm I'm going to trust Nebraska to cover. Hang tight, Brady. Jacob Bedilla joining us. Hail Varsity from Estes Park continues. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Willis shakes his head and says, Schmidt, you're on mute. Uh, now I'm unmuted to the uh, dismay of many. Uh, Hail Varsity Radio Roadshow Friday. Chris Schmidt, Will Wilson, Elijah Herbal en route. Brady Oltman's Jacob Padilla joins us. And uh, we will get to uh, what are you drinking tomorrow morning? Oh, no. Schmidt, you're kind of breaking up there, man. Oh, no. We lost him. <clears throat> well, I guess uh, we'll just look at Schmitty frozen for a few minutes. Um, yeah. Schmitty, if you're hearing us, go ahead and do what you got to do and uh, reset that bad boy. Well, I guess we'll pivot. So, I was going to say, so Brady, do you take over the show now or what What are we going on? What do we do with that? Yeah, yeah I'm going to plant my pirate flag right now. Uh, this is this is the takeover right now. <laughs> Jacob, uh, how are you doing, man? Just joining the show? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks for adjusting for me, guys. Yeah, no problem. Uh, how are you feeling? We're kind of doing the temperature check here uh, tomorrow morning. Big game. Yeah, I I really have no idea what how to feel. Like just the one game sample size overreaction. I'm just ready to get to the game to kind of see to get that extra data point to know what to make of week one. Sure. Because um, I, I I didn't get to. I didn't even watch the Colorado game. I was at uh, watching some high school volleyball coming to tournament out there. So I was just seeing the updates, look at my phone. I was like, oh, man, this thing's, thing seems like it's uh, going to be pretty fun over there. But I didn't actually get to watch it. So I don't even, like, I don't know what to make of Colorado. Uh, I, I just know I'm kind of sick of some of the, uh, the discussion points on both sides, both about Colorado and Nebraska. So looking forward to seeing them actually play football to see, okay, this stuff was real versus, all right, it's week one and some weird stuff happens in week one. 
Brady, I was going to ask you, because you were talking a lot about TCU, and of course that's what everybody looks at trying to gauge Colorado. It's hard for me to put stock into that. You know, game one, I know they lost a lot of starters. I just, it's hard for me to, I have trust issues when it comes to this, and I don't know how much stock I should put into TCU being bad. Yeah, I mean, legitimately, I trust Sonny Dice because he's a good coach, but at at the end of the day and at the end of the season, that, you know, Colorado beating TCU in Fort Worth is a big deal, but they could have just ended up beating a seven-win TCU team. I mean, it's a solid win for them, but they didn't look impressive. They had missed a lot of returning production. And then you see Colorado, but it's also the the narrative, right? Like, Colorado, there's talk. It's the It leads everything. Colorado, it's Colorado everything now. Um, and there's, there's some merit for it because you've got Dion and Coach Prime and Shadir Sanders played great, Travis Hunter. You've got an exciting offense, the Sean Lewis engineers. Like, there's a lot to like about it if you're just a layman college football fan or just a football fan in general like you can you can turn it on and see like this is a fun team and especially with it being uh, a perennial power colorado who was once powerful and a national title contender there's there's a lot appetizing about it but yeah i mean sample size i don't really think we've i don't think we've really seen enough to really know how good or what kind of team colorado really is this season Fellas, I'm back in my uh, own little uh, travel to do internet hub is going to get thrown across the room. Thank you for for picking up my fumble, Jacob Badilla, Brady Altman's Will Wilson. So what's been covered? (laughs) I've been swearing to myself. (laughs) Just a little more Colorado, Nebraska talk. I basically just said I'm ready to see the game itself. Uh, yeah, so, so way you're too much talk. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, so so you're you're along the the lines of Mad Dog, Chris Russo with the 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 you're, you've overdosed on Dion this week, Jacob. Well, not not just Dion, the, the Nebraska side of it too. Like just the extreme overreaction to one game, uh, where people are so certain about uh, their opinions about what both programs are going to be long term and all this stuff, the, the rush to declare what the 12-game outlook will look like off of one game. I, I, I just want more data points. I, I want to see a little bit more football before I feel strongly about either team. Very fair. If there is a matchup to, to keep Tractor beaming you in here, Jacob, what, what, what is the matchup for you on uh, well, Saturday? Yeah, I, I just I – was, I was saying I didn't get to see the Colorado um, – game I, I was out covering high school volleyball so i don't obviously know the names and, and i saw what travis hunter did obviously uh shadur sanders so i guess the the, the fun matchup there uh, uh there is going to be that passing attack against nebraska's secondary and that was kind of one of the things that i think that those guys on the back end got better as the game went on they adjusted a little bit on some of that third down uh stuff and got, got tougher uh there as the game went on there Obviously, that the, the go-ahead touchdown was a tough play, but it was also just a brilliant, uh, brilliant throw and catch, like one of the best catches I'll see all year. Um, so I, I think Nebraska's secondary held up pretty well for the most part. So we'll see what how how much how many snaps uh, Hunter gets on offense, who who's matched up with him, kind of how where they put him within their offense, how, how many times they tried to get him the ball, and just I mean, 500 yards in week one for for Sanders. That's uh, it's pretty impressive. So Nebraska gives up 500 yards, then this is going to get very ugly very quickly. So 
secondary is going to have to do much better than that. Totally agree with that. And the the pressure part of this is going to be big for Nebraska. I thought their pass rush was was decent against Minnesota. Uh, it needs to be better. I don't know that TCU's pass rush was great, and Sanders got the ball out pretty quickly anyway. Um, we'll go around the horn here real quick, couple of minutes, and give me the shot clock update, Will. But the, the linebackers Nebraska has uh, versus the skill guys, do you like Nebraska's linebackers? I mean, it always would make me sweat as a kid when, you know, you had a, a, a Mike – linebacker trying to cover a Miami or Florida State slot guy uh, could could see that again tomorrow. <laughs> and that was, the, from what I heard and saw, like that's definitely something that uh, Colorado went to in week one uh, with getting the, the back, the ball out of the backfield. And so Nebraska's linebackers are going to have to be ready there. Um, we know um, Luke Reimer is a guy that can uh, cover a lot of ground on the field. Got a couple other guys out there. We'll see get a little bit healthier. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely going to be a key point as well. That, to me, is one of the matchups, Brady, is is the linebackers and in space. That's uh, that's interesting to me, about 90 seconds. Yeah, well, it's Colorado did a great job of getting the ball out quick. Again, to, to tip a cap to Sean Lewis, they – they saw that they were weak in the lines. So they made a point of getting the ball away, getting the ball out and moving quickly. Uh, But this is, I think, one thing that Tony White is going to have to stress. And it is a a centerpiece to his defense is just flowing to the ball. I mean, you're going to want your, your linebackers, those playmakers to fill in space and close in gaps. But it also helps when you got four other defenders flowing to the ball with immense speed, like they like to play in Tony White's defense. So, um, I, that's one thing I'm certainly looking for. You can't, you have to win your one-on-ones if you're Nebraska, but if if you can make it three-on-one, four-on-one, you know, by the time the whistle blows, you, you like your chances a heck of a lot more if you're Nebraska on defense. All right, we'll wind down this first hour. Uh, Jacob, can you hang for two minutes? I want to get your take on high school football tonight. I know Monster Showdown in the Metro. Brady Oltmans is in. Will Wilson, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Uh, is probably pulled over right now. Uh, I'm just, just guessing. Uh, Hale Varsity continues here in Estes Park. We're presented by Currency. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency, Chris Schmidt and Will Wilson, Elijah Herbal en route to Estes Park. The Battle in Boulder event, uh, Colorado and for Nebraska gets going here in about an hour, at least the cocktail, cocktail part of the session does. An awesome uh, setup, uh, prime rib for dinner tonight. Uh, Tommy Frazier, Adam Carricker on hand and Going to be great. We're at Blur tomorrow morning for pregame at Boulder. Uh, Blur party set up, and then Real Red Reaction follows. Jacob, all right. Monster showdown in the Metro. Lay it out for us tonight. Yeah, got Bell West and, and Omaha West Side, the, uh, the two preseason top two teams. I would say West Side just looked every bit the part we thought they would. I believe they outscored their first two opponents 102 to 7. Yeah. And it's not like they're playing bottom feeders either. Like the 
they played prep in, in uh, Grand Island. So, um, yeah, Westside is absolutely loaded. Anthony Rezac is an unbelievable playmaker, and they've just got athletes all over the field at every level. Um, so, obviously, Caleb Benning had a big week offensively last week. Week one, he had a kick return touchdown, had a pick. Um, he's just been doing a bit of everything like we would expect him to do. And John Miz Ross on the ground, big-time running threat. Uh, so, they, they just got – athletes all over the place. We know Christian Jones is playing a little bit of both ways for them uh, that Nebraska and a bunch of others have offered in the 2025 class. Um, w West is a different story. Obviously we know the three Nebraska commits with Danny Kalen, uh, Davon Hall and Isaiah McMorris, but they've, uh, they're, they're two and one, but it was kind of a humbling loss to Omaha North uh, in week one after the week, uh, the week zero kind of ho-hum win over Creighton prep. They bounced back against uh, Omaha Burke uh, last week, but Burke's struggling a bit. And, uh, they're not quite on that level yet. So this is kind of like if Bell West wants to be what they thought they could be coming into the year, this is a week where like, all right, you need to play your best football. You got to cut out mistakes. You've got to kind of settle in. They've got, they're working in defensively, new coordinator, new, new defense. Um, they've got some pieces there that, that can make an impact. They just got to put it all together. Got to be consistent. Because you cannot, you cannot have lapses. You can't have mistakes uh, against Westside. And Danny Kalen's going to have to be sharp. Those receivers are going to have to get open quickly. And hopefully Isaiah – I'm expecting that we'll see Isaiah McMorris. Uh, he's been banged up, uh, didn't play the last couple of weeks. I think uh, that they've probably been waiting, resting him to get him fully healthy for this game. So hopefully that will make a difference for them. But um, C.J. Goff out of the backfield uh, has been a really good dual-threat weapon for them. So it will be fun to see kind of Ross and – and golf go at it uh, on opposite sides of the ball uh, there. But, um, yeah, so I'll, I'll be out there. Uh, I'm going to watch that one in person this week. Uh, first, first, second look at Bellevue West and first look at, at Westside. Well, can't wait to, to see the coverage. Jacob Badilla at Jacob Badilla underscores where you follow him. Jacob, thanks for extending this sit down and making time today, man. It's good to get caught up with you. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. There he is. Good to see uh, Jacob. Good stuff from volleyball coverage as well. Uh, I think I have stabilized the uh, the internet here. Uh, we were at uh, Big Red of the Rockies yesterday, and for whatever reason, like the credit card setup and system went off, went out. Uh, a lot of Nebraska fans showing up here, and <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's a roll of the dice. So I am on, dare I say it hotel internet right now and, and the the look on will wilson's face says it all can watch the show can stream us the hail varsity youtube channel brady oltman's is gonna hang out next hour at least i hope he is will's hanging out elijah may show up bill dolman's coming up in hour two uh, at 505 the it has kicked off and yes the infamous clausburn on the way at the friday forecast hail varsity continues presented by currency The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. 
Thanks for hanging out. It's Hour 2 at Tailbar City Radio. On the road here in Estes Park, the Battle and Boulder event follows us here in Estes with your friends at Big Red of the Rockies, Gary Michaels, and a tip of the cap to our dear friends at Lazari's in Sauter Heyman for helping power the road trip. This is leg two of a three-day road trip tour or road show tour as we're at Blur Parties tomorrow morning for the weekend edition 6 to 8 a.m., and then uh, Real Red Reaction follows. The Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. The professor, Bill Dolman, is here. Brady Oltman's hanging out. Will Wilson in studio back in Lincoln. And uh, Elijah Herbal is uh, en route for the Friday forecast. Allegedly, Clausburn made contact. And again, allegedly, he is three martinis deep. That brings up the question to kick off hour two. If you're drinking and able to, you're not working. What are you having before that 11, that dreaded 11 a.m. kick? And we'll go around the table and we'll keep some of your submissions. Do you uh, side-eye somebody that goes with an orange beer opposed to a red beer opposed to a Bloody Mary? Bill, good to see you. I know your wheels are turning on this. Well, I'm just wondering if Elijah is taking that last name a little too literally uh, before (laughs) joining us on the show. (laughs) <laughs> better better not be <laughs> he's he's gonna he's gonna roll in in a tie-dyed t-shirt and about two bags of funyuns under his left arm and a bottle of water or, or maybe or, or maybe they heard he was coming to town and there's like some a huge welcoming party uh, by julesburg like their master has finally arrived <laughs> possibly possibly all, uh, praise, all praise king herbal uh-huh. that's pretty funny so what are uh, what are you what are you pouring for an for an early kickoff it used to be screwdrivers when we'd come out here to boulder for a nebraska colorado joe pop would either do a super spicy bloody mary or it was a screwdriver uh, his buddy norm would do the screwdrivers joe pop would do the bloody mary's you know, this is an 11 a.m. kickoff here. So, I mean, that's that's a little on the early side. And, you know, those days are long gone for a guy like me. But, you know, if, if you if you put something in front of me and the price is right, you know, I might, you know, sample just about anything. Careful, again, out here uh, on the on the sampling. Right, you, you, yeah. you dodged the question twice. We'll move on to Brady. <laughs> <laughs> are you going with a, with a Coors Banquet? Oh man, I might, I might go a Coors Banquet after just a nice screwdriver, just a little, just a slow play screwdriver to get you started, and then you're sipping on on banquets the rest of the way. Well, what are you pouring? What well, do you, what, do you, what, do you, what what do you pour? Yeah, if if I could drink tomorrow morning, I uh, I, I I stick to the liquor before beer. Um, so I'm gonna go. I I pour some Apple Crown in a nice glass for me. How about that? Just, just apple crown in the ice. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, a lot of hair on Will Wilson's chest. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Not All enough. Right. Uh, I go with, here's the here's the I, deal. I, I go with the red beer. That's what no, I do. Uh, look, uh, when I did live out in out in Colorado a year ago, uh, my my wonderful neighbor Jeff and Melissa. Jeff worked at the uh, Coors uh, place out in Golden, and just about once a month or so. He was the, you know, the, the most popular guy in the neighborhood, at least with me, because he would leave, you know, something on my doorstep. And so I got to have, have all kinds of samples. So maybe I swing by Jeff's place tomorrow and 
see what he has in his fridge because it was always well stocked with Coors products. To say that story could end two ways. One, a nice gift from the Coors family or two, the scene from Billy Madison where Ed puts it out with his boots. No, 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 no. Jeff's a good dude. He took care of me. Okay. I like it. Well, let's uh, shift over to Nebraska, Colorado. Uh, Ralphie, Dion, the, the love fest that is Colorado football for week two of the college football season. And then the, the angst that is Nebraska. I want to ask how you're feeling. Are you feeling like a lot of Nebraska fans or at least some of the vocal minority on social media, a little frightened uh, about Saturday, what it could be, the, the spotlight and stage. This could be the most viewed Nebraska game in a long time because of this interest uh, with Colorado and Nebraska. I mean, it's the, the, the betting public loves throwing all sorts of college funds on this. Uh, those are some of the, the the realities of tomorrow, and it is a spotlight moment. It's it's a prove it moment for for Dion again in week two that it wasn't just a one hit wonder, and it's also a spotlight moment, Bill and Brady for for Nebraska. That yeah, it was just a a misstep. It was it was a cleanup issue for Nebraska. They're a better football team in week two than they showed in week one. I'm not sure that either team played a great opponent in their opening game. Yes, Nebraska lost to Minnesota, and it's disappointing. Uh, I, I think Nebraska kind of gave that game away. Uh, also had it taken from them in in a couple of uh, instances. So I'm not sure you can really gauge Nebraska's fine performance, you know, defensively against Minnesota, because you got to consider, you know, as well as the defense played and as as well as people are feeling about the defense right now, it, they did give up 10 points in the last, what, five minutes of the game? Three. Uh, you know, they didn't They didn't shut down Minnesota when, you know, to, even though there, was, there were the turnovers, that defense didn't step up and make the plays to overcome the turnovers. Minnesota scored the points necessary in the final moments of the game to win. So I think if you're a Nebraska fan, you've got to temper the enthusiasm just a little bit about how good that defense is, which, by the way, I do think that defense is pretty good. And I think it's the kind of defense that I've been talking about since we heard they were going to run the three, three, five. You've got, you have to coach a controlled violence with the speed that you have see ball, hit ball. And I think that's a pretty speedy defense and they are playing a lot of guys, which is significant going into a game at altitude in Boulder, 20, what, four or five people played on defense uh, last Thursday night. And I think that was a significant uh, statistic for Nebraska. Now, Colorado, how good is that TCU team? Yeah, it played in the championship game last year, but it got smoked. And what, 75% of the guys who started in that game for TCU are no longer around. And that defense last year was 91st or something like that in the country, and it only had three guys coming back. So I don't know necessarily what you take out of, you know, what Colorado did to TCU. Yeah, they got the win. That's great. But uh, I think that there are a lot more question marks about both teams after their, their season openers than the definitive statements that people are willing to stamp on these two teams going into tomorrow morning. Bill Dolman with us here, Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow. Brady, a, a thought from you on this moment, this stage. And I think Bill's right with what do we know? I think we know Minnesota's 
probably a bowl team. I think we think TCU's a bowl team. But if you look at Nebraska. Well, hey, we here, thought Northwestern was going to be great after they beat Nebraska in Dublin last year. Look I, at that I, offensive line and experienced quarterback and Pat Fitzgerald. One and I, 11 of the coaches blown out. What uh-huh. do you know after week one? You don't, but you have some inklings like, okay, Nebraska wants to run the football, Brady, under this uh, staff. You also have some question marks about personnel decisions, uh, pass protection, and uh, a quarterback that's great with his legs, but people are real nervous about his arm tomorrow. Yeah, it's – Again, I, I, I hate to beat the same drum, but in college football, what you have one week is not what you have the next week. It's just nothing is guaranteed. And you look at um, like a good example is Marcus Satterfield's offense at South Carolina last year. Uh, they it, it got frustrating for a lot of South Carolina fans for most of the, that season until the end. And then they're putting up historic numbers on two top 10 teams and two top 10 wins. Uh, sometimes it gets frustrating until, you know, it's, that's the, like the, uh, the minor threat song screaming at a wall. It's like screaming at a wall someday. It's got to fall, you know, eventually you just do the thing long enough and a, and a wind comes through it. But I do think that the, the, the same issues that plagued that offense followed Nebraska, the same issues that plagued Jeff Sims at Georgia tech are still with Nebraska. And those are those are the points of emphasis, and those are the moments that I do think there's enough commonality, you know, based upon their previous um, stops and where they've been, that it's enough to to make you pause and think, okay, is this going to stop now, or is this is this a thing that's going to haunt Nebraska yet again this season? Bill, I got a question for you. You know, you look back at the Minnesota game; the receivers struggled to get open. Now you could put part of that blame on Sims, but what do you want to see different from the receiver group in this Colorado game? Well, if the ball is thrown to them, catch it. Uh, but B, I want to see them. I want to see them be physical. I want to see them block. You know, I, I think Nebraska has to win this game in terms of time of possession and running the football, and you know, cranking out six, seven yards of play. And if you bust one through the uh, line and you get into the secondary, that you've got defensive backs on their backs. You know, I, I think this is an old Ron Brown uh, type uh, wide receiver core or, you know, could have the Ron Brown mentality where they used to get receiver blocker points, you know, for what they did in a game. Much like an offensive lineman would get pancake points, receivers would get points for, for blocking. And I think that this has to be a physical game, not just up front along the offensive and defensive lines, but in particular the Nebraska offensive line. But I think this has to be a physical game where Nebraska's receivers are asked to go hit their DBs and make this a physical game for all 11 guys on the other side of the field. And that Nebraska can turn out five to eight yards and maybe 15 to 18 yards uh, every now and then. And they control the clock. And if they do that, Nebraska is going to win the game. if they're more physical and they can control it and not turn it over. But that's what I would like to see. I would like to see those receivers block and then catch when, when called upon. That would be ideal uh, for them to get open, make plays, catch the football and be some sort of threat. Okay. Biggest game since when Bill Dolman, since when Brady Oltman's for Nebraska. Well, Last week? 
since last Thursday. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't get caught up in that that too much. I've been thinking that it, this is kind of a microcosm for, for this Nebraska football team to the Florida State loss in the Orange Bowl that Nebraska had to carry with them for the all off season that set the stage for 1994. They had the score on the board with Nebraska having the lead with a minute 16 left to go in the game. They lose to Florida State, 18-16, lose the national title. Last week's game does not have that kind of magnitude, right? But I think it's the kind of game where this football team can have that, that mentality that we had that game to win and we let it go. We've had an extra couple of days to get ready, to get healthy, and and to go uh, go fight a team that people now believe will will run us out of the out of the Rockies. And I think if they go in there with that mentality that they're going to be better, and that Colorado might be a little too Rocky Mountain high after their win in Fort Worth, I think the game is certainly there for the taking for Nebraska. But they have to have a mentality that that they're going to win, and not oh well, everybody thinks we're going to lose, so I guess we are, just like it's been the last five years. Brady, you think it's are, are you in on the uh, the stage, the, the the spotlight? I mean, we're we're talking all the attention has. I don't want to say it's shifted away from Texas and Bama, but there's a large number of folks that have nationally shifted. I mean, there's been all sorts of write ups because of the prime factor. Yeah, I mean, you you kind of at least in my mind, you have to put it into two different categories. You know, is this big for Nebraska in terms of the program and the rebuild and everything? Not not necessarily. I mean, this is game two of a, of a head coach who historically wins on average, what, one game his first season somewhere. Obviously, Nebraska's in a better position than either Temple or Baylor were at the time that Rule took over, but it's a non-conference game in early September still. I, you know, I, I just don't see it as incredibly vital in terms of, of the build, but in terms of uh, eyes and eyeballs on it, the the Notre Dame 2000 is the one that I think of. I mean, you're talking everybody's eyeballs are are on two big helmet games, but I would say that the the eyeglasses of Deion Sanders tend to overshadow Ralphie the Buffalo on the side of one helmet. Um, <laughs> but that's that's what it is. Everybody's talking about Dion. He's leading Sports Center and everything for a. Uh, and a team that won one game last year because, you know, it's prime time and it's Colorado and now they're ranked and every, and it has, I think, to a certain extent overshadowed Alabama and Texas this weekend because it's coach prime. And with that kind of stage, I, I do think that it, it gives Nebraska, it is the biggest game for Nebraska because of all the eyeballs on it. Not, not in terms of like the importance of rebuilding. I, I just don't believe it has that kind of weight to it uh, for Matt rule and his staff. It's a short-term, long-term thing, but it's pretty vital for Nebraska to to make it a game. It's pretty vital for Nebraska to be in it to the end. It's pretty vital for Nebraska to show up on stage. And that can't really be disputed. Uh, where are you as a program in year one? That is talked about tortoise versus the hare. Dion's quick flip versus the incremental uh, approach by Matt Rule. Totally get both can work. And quite honestly, the incrementals more sustainable. Uh, Mel Tucker went 11-2 and two with a roster flip two years ago and uh, didn't go 11-2 and two last year. Bill, hang out if you want. Brady, 
Hang out if you want. Hale Varsity keeps rolling on a Friday here at Estes Park, Ridgeline Hotel. And a big thanks for our friends here at Sauter Heyman and uh, Lazari's for powering this road trip. He's the pride of Fairbury, an average Joe. Bill Dolman, the professor. I had a six ACT in 1967. One time I got an A and my grandma beat me for cheating. Now with Hale Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Brady Oltmans for hanging out. Uh, a lot of the show, Will Wilson in, Elijah Herbal in route to Estes Park. Here for the Battle in Boulder event. Coloradoans for Nebraska, Chris Schmidt in Estes. Bill Dolman is... Are you at home or still at the office, Billy D? I'm at home where my refrigerator is, and you made me kind of thirsty with all that conversation <laughs> earlier. So I decided to get started early. I do have to say big thanks to, to Vic in Denver. He was Vic in Estes yesterday. He brought uh, Templeton rye, and he brought a special reserve of tequila that is <laughs> that is still in my bag, and my bag is in – Husker Chad's room. So I don't know if we have any tequila left. <laughs> Husker Chad may be going through my bag and taking shots of the just incredible tequila Vic uh, brought as a gift. Vic, we love you. Better so, him than the TSA. Well, I, I'm riding back with Elijah. I flew out, but I'm riding back. I hope I'm riding back with Elijah. So. Uh, we're talking Nebraska, Colorado. Clausburn is coming up. Bill, do you uh, have any inkling for, for being a part of the forecast? Do you want to do that? Or are you like, dude, I've got a Guinness. I'm doing you a favor already. <laughs> I'm out after this segment. Claus is coming up, and he's three martinis in. No, I'm, I'm, I'm always uh, ready ready to play the game. Okay, that's funny. So let's talk about the, the game within the game that is the Nebraska offensive line. Let's go there and talk the – impact of a, of a Teddy Prohaska at left tackle. Let's talk about that left side of the offensive line. And I think it's worth watching because it was, it was part of the line that had issues. You look back at the Minnesota front seven and they had a, a stretch there in that second half where they had three sacks. Uh, and the reason they had three sacks is because Minnesota smoked Nebraska's punter and there was an automatic 15 yard penalty on fourth and 10. And then they got another sack to force a, a second would be three and out. Uh, Turner Corcoran is, is a kid that's been highly ranked and recruited. Uh, he's a guy that is still trying to find his, his footing. It's not for lack of effort. He's just had some struggles, and there's still some talent there, so he's going to keep chopping wood to get better. All that being said, Nebraska's left side of the line, uh, quite frankly, uh, and, and even Scott, Scott's a guy that uh, will, will want a better second game as well. Uh, do you worry about that, or do you think Nebraska can either make some tweaks, do you make changes, or do you just keep hammering it to the point where, okay, uh, this is who we're going to roll with, and if we need to make changes, uh, then, then Coach Donnie will do so within the game. Well, you can't get sacked if you run the ball. And, <laughs> you know, and uh, if, if I'm watching, you know, film of the uh, 
the TCU Colorado game and TCU's cranking out 68 yards a carry, then why wouldn't that be, you know, the, the tell for what Nebraska should do offensively now and getting Teddy back is, you know, is, is significant for, well, a, he's, he's a pretty good football player. B it's depth and it's depth at altitude. So, and, you know, Nebraska has to go, we've talked about this before, has to, you know, just like it did defensively getting 25 guys out there, I think that offensive line has to have more than five guys that you rely on. You've got to have, you know, eight guys, maybe 10 guys that you can, you know, that can get at least 20 snaps a game. And if Nebraska does that, then I think you've got a chance to, you know, mitigate the punishment that Jeff Sims might get. Now, Sims also can't just drop back and, again, lock in on a receiver away from him to get open and allow the deep to get it, right? He's got to be looking around, finding the open guy, or looking around and getting gone. You know, so some of those sacks or those three, I, you know, that might be on the quarterback just a little bit. And maybe Nebraska, as we talked about after the game on Friday, maybe you get him out more so that he has more of a run-pass option as opposed to standing back there in the pocket, you know, looking to throw. So there are things that Nebraska can do that it's not just on the offensive line to protect him. Get him out, let him go, let him run, or rely on you know your ground game to churn up the yards and chew up the clock and beat him up physically. Bill Dolman's with us. Elijah Herbal has made his way. Did you get stopped by border security? You did not. Do we need to, to do we need to to pat you down, son? <laughs> You were looking. You were looking for dispensaries. That's why it took you. You'd have been here an hour ago. Okay. No. Well, that's just it. They don't. They don't have dispensaries in Estes. It's the one place in Colorado they don't have dispensaries. They no. They they. Little birdie told me they don't have any dispensaries here. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Bill Dolman with us. Elijah Herbal's here. Um, so are you gonna jump on there? How are we doing this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll uh, we'll we'll plug in here. So, uh, Bill, we're gonna we're gonna do a you know a, a, a pit stop here real quick, equipment wise, which is wonderful. Uh, in the middle of things, I love it. But we've talked a lot of the storylines here, and and I'm anxious to hear just the uh, the styles, the contrasting and styles. You worry about Nebraska's speed. And, and we were talking about this with Mitch a little bit earlier in the week. This is going to be your new normal. I want to get your take on this. Where you're going to go from playing in Minnesota one week in the new Big Ten. A phone booth ball game to, all right, now you're going to see a, a, a Big 12 spread team a la, or a Pac-12 team a la Oregon or a Washington, you know, four or five wide doing what, what Dion and Colorado are doing offensively, the quick release, the air raid. You're going to have to go from from phone booth one week to, to spread it out and tackle in space against a bunch of fast little dudes. And uh, is your defense going to be able to handle it? Look, they've got some special skill position players. There's no question about that. And I would not be shocked if the first or second play from scrimmage from Colorado is sending Travis Hunter long and uh, seeing if he can't go run under something by beating the defense deep. That would not shock me that they send the message in that regard. A, if he catches it, great. But B, if they just show off his speed and Shadur Sanders' arm, then uh, that'll be the message that they're looking to send maybe right out of the gate, okay? 
and maybe not the first series, but the second series. They're going to stretch that field and see how Nebraska reacts and how well that secondary can keep up. But look, this Nebraska team has some has athletes, uh, and they've got some guys with some speed. This is not a Nebraska secondary that is made up of, you know, God love them, Dave Burke and Mike McCashland or Mark Blazik and Steve Carmer. They've got some, you know, guys back there that are good athletes that have some experience. You know, Hartzog got beat on the play that should have been uh, stopped because of a Minnesota penalty, and he, he bit on it. Took a great catch to all that in, but for the most part, you know, he's got some experience. He's a pretty good, good player. Uh, I think Omar Brown proved that he's a pretty good guy, pretty good player back there. Um, I, look, Hunter is a special player. Is he going to play 111 snaps again? I doubt it. But they're going to try to utilize him all they can. Nebraska has to respond. And if they can get some pressure on him with, uh, you know, fast linebackers and faster defensive uh, linemen, uh, then it's not going to be as easy for Sanders as it was last week against TCU. Bill, I've been, <clears throat> I've been dying to ask you this question because I know you've been to Boulder several times. What's the best way to deal with these Buffalo fans, man? Stay at home and watch the game on TV like <laughs> me. Fair enough. Fair you know, or, or, or find yourself in, you know, a, in friendly red territory and make sure that nobody has uh, any apple juice in their uh, water bottle and they're ready to launch it. You know, be on the lookout. Uh, I, I, it's it, it's not a it, it's it's not a fan a opposing fan friendly place to be, unfortunately. And, you know, I've seen that up close and I've talked to people who have been there and, you know, it. It's unfortunate that it, that it that it's gotten the way that it has, um, but and hopefully it does. It's not that way again. That those are only things that happened in the past. Um, but you know, remember what was it? Just a couple of years ago, or a couple of years ago, uh, you know, they they exited the entire student section because it got so out of hand. I've never seen that. They they launched all of them. It was the. Uh... Was the recycling drive, as is, is, uh, Colorado fans like to call it, where they chucked all their water bottles that were empty. The thing that's funny about this is Colorado fans have been whining for three days on Denver News about the fact they can't get student tickets. There's 12,000 allotted. There's 11,000 of them that want them, and they've sold the seats to boosters and donors and people of substance. So Buff, Buff student section is is going to be whittled down because every Sunday night to, to deal with demand and making sure you show up, they got to jump online to say, yeah, I'm going to be there. And every Sunday's a ticket lottery. It's hilarious that you, you see uh, all these buff students uh, pretty much shut out of being there. Uh, and every, every 25 year old that wanted to pick a fight with the Nebraska guy or gal 25, 30 years ago, uh, Let's just say they, they've got a little less hair and and a, and a little more uh, Marley on their speaker. Uh, Look, so that, 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 I don't I don't know that it's going to be as intense. It'll be intense. It'll be a great atmosphere, but I don't know that it's going to be physically nuts like it's been, Bill, when you and I grew up going. Yeah, and and it, it was just kind of mystifying as why was it so nasty I, and. Look, I can handle that stuff. I just didn't, and I, you know, I I sat next to Tom for a few years, and and it was like Tom was like, I, it, why is this all of a sudden a rivalry game? I, I think the other team's supposed to win a few times, right? <laughs> um, and and uh, but but then it, it's it's almost it's turned into you know that 
some of those really nasty blood feuds down south or BYU and Utah, which I think is the most heated and hated rivalry of all that people don't really appreciate. But I, I just never understood why the Colorado fans just because Bill McCartney said so, it became, you know, much more than a, a football rivalry. It didn't make any sense to me. It's Bill Dolman with us here. Hail Varsity Radios. We're on the road up in Boulder. It's called the Rodeo in Boulder. I'm the only person who made the drive, though. I mean, I'm not sure what's up with uh, that. I'm making the drive back. Relax. Relax. <laughs> and Bill, last thought here before we get you out of here. I know we have about 60 he's seconds left. Oh, sticking around for the forecast. Yes. I was going to go, what's your prediction? But if he's sticking around for the forecast, I guess we're not going to go there. Uh, I don't know where to go. How how was the trip? I mean, you you vlogged the full day as well. Uh, it was. Are you are you are not you as bad as I expected? Um, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm catching a second wind. The last thirty minutes, the eyes were feeling a little heavy, but now I'm sitting down here and I'm re- revitalized talking Oscar football. It's a way to do it. We're here yeah. at the Battle in Boulder, Estes Park, Ridgeline Hotel, where we're set up right now, and a really cool event. Coloradoans for Nebraska, Gary Michaels, Big Red of the Rockies. Afterwards, Tommy Frazier, Adam Carricker, and uh, the Cushes, uh, Bill and uh, Jesse, uh, the first family with five championships. So that's what's going on afterwards. Prime rib, pun intended, is being served. And we'll get to the Friday forecast. Claws burn away to Tale Varsity on a Friday presented by Currency. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hale Varsity Radio continuing. We're presented by Currency, the man, the myth, the legend, Gary Michaels. Mr. Gary Novotny is, is here. The uh, Friday forecast commences. Bill Dolman is on the forecast. Will Wilson, Elijah Herbals made it all the way in from uh, Lincoln. And uh, let's get things fired up. Claus, do we have you? Well, I think you just asked if I was here. I really can't hear you too well. Music is a bit loud, which is ironic, because I've had a rough week with Nancy. You see, I <clears throat> banned all John Denver records from being played in the house, and she hasn't been <laughs> too happy about that. But it's Colorado week, so <clears throat> we can't take any chances. The rumor is, is instead of going for two, you've gone for three. How many martinis deep are we, Clausburn? Well, well, since you inquired earlier to make sure I was going to be ready for the show, uh, <laughs> we've kicked a field goal and added the extra point, even though they don't give you one for that. But we're doing okay. <laughs> Four in for Claus. Should we get rolling with the Friday forecast? Let us do so and uh, game number one that's up is A&M and Miami that line down to minus three and a half uh, Billy D will let you start off A&M or the U uh, can get the U on the road with some points or I should say the U at home with some points um, I, I think this might be the uh, the first game of the college coaching carousel for the 2023 season and uh, the loser might be uh, polishing off the resume. I think that uh, this, because I think it's more important for Miami, I'm going to take the U. I'm going to take the U in this one, 16 to 12. Okay. Bill says Miami. Uh, Elijah. 
Well, there were some discussions about a month ago on this show about where A.J. Allen played. It is, in fact, Miami. Uh, I think A.J. Allen has a big day for the Hurricanes tomorrow. I think uh, the, the Hurricanes get it done on the ground. And I, I'm with Bill here. I'm taking the U outright. Give me Miami 27 and A&M 24. I think Miami's physical. I think they're talented. I think Jimbo may get into it with the Harley rider, and it's no good on the road. Give me Miami 28. Give me A&M 17. Will? Uh, I'll take Miami 34-31. Okay. Claus, the U or A&M? Well, I, I agree with just about everybody. I'm not really concerned about whether or not Miami's going to win the game. <clears throat> My biggest concern is letting all of those Aggies leave College Station and go down into Miami with all the Cuban folks there. I don't know if you guys are history buffs or anything, but if you look back into the 1950s, those Cubans can sometimes be talked into anything, so I really don't need the Aggie spirit to infect anywhere outside of the state of Texas. That's my greatest concern. <laughs> but I think Miami wins this game pretty easily. The score will be closer than it actually is, 30, and Texas A&M 21. Let's go to Oregon. A clean sweep. We all picked the Miami upset. That's dangerous. So that means go with A&M. Yeah. Oregon minus six and a half. Tech was upset last week. I like Oregon. Uh, they put up a boatload of points. They'll win, but it'll be tight. Uh, give me Oregon 28. Give me Tech 21. The win and cover for Oregon. I got Oregon big in this one. Uh, Bo Nix and the Ducks, I think they're uh, they're a really good squad this year. I, I think they might be your team out of the Pac-12. We'll see about that as the year goes on. But I got Oregon winning this one big, 31-17. to 17, The Ducks win in cover. Billy D. I think uh, Bo Nix is uh, for real at Oregon, and I think that uh, they're going to be the first team in college football history to score 81 points back-to-back weeks. I uh, see them winning 81-7 to 7 for the second consecutive week. Bill says a monster cover by Oregon. Will? Uh, I'll take Texas Tech. Why not? I'll take them to cover but lose. So let's go 32 to 28. All right, Claus, what do you say, Ducks or Red Raiders? Well, first of all, I want to point out to all your time listeners, which I suppose most of them are because <clears throat> why do this twice? Bill is doing a bit. He's not smoking some of Oregon's finest. This is just kind of what he does. It still leads him to pick Oregon by a high score, and I agree. I think Oregon wins this one 42, and Texas Tech 21. All of their scores come late. All right. Let's get, in, let's get into Bama and Texas. I think Bama uh, remembers the scare last year. I like St. Nick. I like Alabama. Easy cover and impressive win. Uh, it's payback tour for Saban and company. 35-13, Bama in a route, Elijah. I'm going to go opposite of you. I think Texas remembers how they lose last year. I think they have a lot of motivation going into this one. They know they're going into the SEC next season. Bama looked mortal last year. Bama looked mortal last week. I think Bryce Young fixed a lot of flaws for that team that we might have all not seen because of the talent that he had at the quarterback position. I think Texas wins this one outright in a close one, 28-24. Texas gets it done. Wow. All right, Bill, what say you? Well, I thought uh, that the light game was close last year because Alabama didn't have a good quarterback. Now that they've got rid of Bryce Young and uh, got somebody in there that, uh, you know, what I think it was an historic quarterback game for Alabama last week, right? Uh, five touchdowns or three on the three through the air and two on the ground or something like that anyway. So now that they finally get good quarterback play at Alabama, 
Uh, I see Alabama winning this one 34 to 21. All right. All right. Roll Tide says Bill Dolman. Will, what do you say? Uh, screw Texas. I got Alabama winning 70 to 2. <laughs> 70 to 2. Since it's the token, well, we'll we'll score ourselves so you can at least uh, avoid the shutout. Clouds, what do you say here? Texas, Bama. Uh, Bama minus 7. Well, first of all, is it a rule in, in Nebraska broadcasting that people named William have to be ridiculous in this? Pick'em segments? Is that what's going on here? I'm a little confused. Uh, but I think it's going to be a pretty good game, a pretty entertaining game. Uh, really interesting that Texas is obviously going to be joining the Southeastern Conference uh, next year and, and kind of get the taste of that before. Christopher, you can probably relate. Like you used to sneak into the dorms of the girls you thought you were going to ask on to dates before you actually did it. Wow. Well, that didn't work out for you. It's not going to work out for Texas. Alabama wins this game 34, and the Longhorns 28. Friday forecast here, Hale Varsity Radio on the road, the Big Red of the Rockies, and uh, your friends with the Coloradoans for Nebraska. The Battle in Boulder event follows. Guys, we are up against the, the clock, so we are going to press pause with the Nebraska-Colorado segment pick them here for the Friday forecast. That is coming up on the other side. And uh, we'll have all of our thoughts. Nebraska v. Colorado, Bill Dolman, Will Wilson. Elijah Herbal is in from Lincoln, raced here, and then the infamous imaginary, he wears red, Clausberg. Uh, we'll get to it shortly as uh, we are here in Estes Park. We descend on to Boulder tomorrow for the blur parties, uh, pregame and postgame blur party in the Embassy Suites courtyard. That'll be outstanding and uh, all sorts of things you can do to enjoy yourself. Uh, postgame uh, with Real Red Reaction, that is happening uh, also about 2.30 forever. Is that right? Devot's doing a puppet show here and trying to get me to laugh. Just want to get on do, the air. Say, say, hey, what's your prediction? Well, well there, there's Nevada. We're going to commercial break. Well, hey there. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Bird is next with the forecast finale. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Big thanks one final time. A Friday road show again tomorrow. Uh, weekend edition, 7 to 9 a.m. Central. Real Red Reaction follows. Remember to buckle up. Use your seatbelt. It saves lives, prevents injuries. Only if properly worn, buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Back to the forecast as we've been waiting for this one. Nebraska, Colorado line is minus three. As Will Wilson get us kicked off. All right, uh, I'll go with my prediction I said earlier. Again, I, I think we play a close game, but I think we get royally screwed somehow. Uh, I got Colorado <laughs> winning uh, 24-21. All right, Will Wilson says Buffs 24-21. Thank you, officials. Will, uh, you're not alone there. Elijah, what say you? I think this Husker defense bends but doesn't break. Colorado's going to pick up the urge where they can. I think the Husker offense is going to keep the ball. The key for them is going to be picking up first downs with that rushing attack. Not many three and outs. I think they do that well. I think they limit the possessions in the game. But I think 
Nebraska is still not a fourth quarter team. That's going to take a while for Matt Rowley to win still. I got the Huskers covering the three, but I have Colorado winning 23 to 21. 23-21, Elijah says the Buffs, this is the Gabe Irvin game. This is your one-two punch. This is Nebraska finding a way. 28-24, the Huskers win outright. The defense does their job, stumbles but doesn't fall against this speed and athleticism. And it is the running game and offensive line that is the story going into week three. Nebraska figures it out. Sims figures it out. Huskers win 28-24. Bill Dolman. I remember in 1994 when uh, Colorado came to Nebraska sky high thinking that they were going to knock the Huskers off on what was it, the 200th consecutive sellout or 250th consecutive sellout. And uh, Nebraska used the, a trick play frequently in the game in which they passed the ball to the tight end. <laughs> and Bill McCarty said, we didn't expect that. So I think Nebraska perhaps goes back into the, uh, the, the trick playbook and throws the ball to the tight end. Uh, and I, I think Nebraska gets it done. I guess if this is a rivalry game, you got to go scoreboard. Nebraska 49, 20, and 2. Okay. Cloudsburg, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do you say here? Nebraska or the Buffs minus 3? Well, first of all, Christopher, I want to give a shout out to a fellow who means a lot to both you and I. A Nebraska radio legend, and frankly, someone you should be writing a thank you note for your uh, career, along with Bill, uh, every week, and John Baylor, and want to let him know that uh, we're thinking about him. But as far as this game goes, first of all, I got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, Deion Sanders said a lot of things and said this team was going to come out and be ready and play very well, and he's held true to his word. But, of course, as you guys might understand, I'm not a big fan of promise keepers out of Boulder, Colorado. So I'll go back to a fellow who once told me the only good thing that comes out of the Rockies turns the mountains blue. (laughs) And by 11 o'clock tomorrow morning, we'll be turning the mountains red, Nebraska 24 and Colorado 17. Wow, Nebraska with the win, says Clausburn. Love it. Claus, you behave, and no more martinis today. (laughs) We're driving late and going for seven this time, Christopher. (laughs) I love it. Claus, you take care. Okay. (laughs) There he goes. Billy D, we'll talk tomorrow. Thank you. I'll be on. Good to be Greg. Will, thank you. Elijah, talk to you tomorrow, 7 a.m. with Hale Varsity.